If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. And so it begins here. So it begins. Now, the NFL week is going to kick off. This is our Thursday show. It's, uh, on the West Coast, it's still... It's still Wednesday, but we, we consider this our Thursday show. It's very you know, weird, I guess, the way it works, but that's, uh, that's how we're doing. So for, uh, for us, it's our Thursday show. Uh, I always thought the new day starts when I wake up. So for me, it's not Thursday, but I'm pretending it's Thursday. And we got football. We got NFL action. And when the Rams and 49ers get together, America goes and watches. They do. They want to watch that game. And... <laughs> We'll get more more on that later, but uh, many many of these so-called pundits in the NFL have been scratching their heads at why the NFL has been so boring, right? So boring. There's been little offense here, little drama, a little real drama. There's been some manufactured drama. The excitement doesn't seem like it's where it should be, and it's only two weeks, right? Small sample size. It'll get better. It'll get better. But some of the popular 
fall guys include, and heard, I'm sure you've heard the same thing I've heard here, a lack of playing time for starters during exhibition games, uh, the rust excuse that once the players kind of get going and they get used to the, the grind of the regular season, they'll be good. They will be okay. So that's, that's number one. Then you got number two, the injuries. So many key players out already, the walking wounded of the NFL, the infirmary is filling up. Then you have the number one excuse that is being used from sea to shining sea, and that would be the poor offensive line in the NFL. No one can block. I blame the college football coaches and the way they play, the spread offenses. The offensive linemen just don't know how to block anyone. Of course, that's also fat shaming. Blame the fat guys. God forbid you blame the quarterbacks or other people. You blame them. You blame the guys up front. Well, Richard Sherman has entered in the mouth of the Legion of Boom for now until he goes to another team, which will likely happen next year. But Richard Sherman still proudly wearing Seattle Seahawks colors, and he's entered the conversation here. And he added a new theory on why the NFL product is in a deep, dark place for the first two weeks of the season with all the field goals, turnovers, and not a lot of excitement. Not a lot of excitement. Now, have you, have you heard this? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you did not hear this because there's some other stuff from Richard Sherman going around. This one did not resonate. I thought it was more interesting. I thought it was more interesting. But Sherman believes that there are too many rules, that that's one of the reasons that the NFL is in an offensive funk right now. Quote, when your rule book is that thick, it's ridiculous. Sherman belly aching. Sherman continues. Makes NFL hard to officiate, hard to play, hard to watch. All right, so let's talk about this. The draconian rule book of the National Football League. So the question is pretty obvious on this one. Does Richard Sherman have a point? He's blaming the ridiculous rule book. How thick it is. He says it's hard to officiate. Poop fest. Yeah, exactly. So does he have a point? Yes. Yes. In fact, Sherman stole this hot take from me. If you go back to 2015, Maller monologue uh, was about Des Bryant and that famous catch at Lambeau Field, which was not a catch. It actually was a catch, but they didn't call it a catch. And we ranted and raved about how this is ridiculous. They've got to change things with the rule book. So it's a delayed reaction. Richard's probably catching up on some of my old work, some of the old podcasts. They're like fine pieces of audio art, which are available on the web. People just dying to hear old uh, radio takes. It's very important. Uh, So a couple thoughts on this. Now, clearly I'm on the right side here, and he's on my side. But bureaucracy, the dirty little secret, and a streamlined situation. Those are the three things here as far as Richard Sherman blaming the rather thick NFL playbook, which makes the NFL, in his words, hard (laughs) to officiate, play, and to watch. Number one, the the rule book being about the size of like a federal manual for whatever government program you want to pull out. The DMV, right? We all have to drive most of us, right? So the DMV 
books are ridiculous. Now, it's not the only reason that football is the way it is right now, but it's it's at least 25%, at least 25%, completely unnecessary. We know the NFL has not been very open to constructive criticism. They push back on that. They don't want to hear it. It falls on you know, empty ears. The ears aren't open. They cover their ears up. Nevertheless, it is therapeutic when I have ranted from time to time, like I did back a couple years ago, uh, about the, the rule book in the NFL. And so Richard Sherman has opened up Pandora's box and given me an avenue to travel down and to attack, attack, attack. Right? That's, uh, that's, the, that's the way we are right now. So we can attack. Uh, now, let's start with the premise that we do not watch NFL games to witness penalties. Now, I know that's a major assumption, and I am speaking for it. Uh, and, and there's always that 1%. It's like when I rip umpires, like two shows a year, I'll rip umpires. And then somebody will call up and say, now, I come from a family of umpires. And uh, I don't like that. I didn't like the way you talked about umpires. You should try umpires. I always get a kick out of that. So it's like there's that 1% who are officials who, or their family, you know, their dad or their grandfather was an official in the NFL. And they, they get their panties in a bunch here. Uh, and, and they're the ones that get aroused when they see laundry on the field. They like that. But the vast majority, and it's broadcasting, not narrowcasting, the vast majority do not like this. So the NFL, the NFL has been open for business for almost 100 years. The red tape was not part of the original plan. You think about the people who gave birth to what is now the modern NFL, the early years of the NFL. You had every degenerate in the world that was involved in the formation of the National Football League. You had bootleggers, bookies, gamblers, guys connected to mob figures, and they all came together and they formed what has become the NFL. You think that those people were worried about thousands of pages of rules? I'm going to go no. I don't think so. And it's the NFL's dirty little secret. You can look it up. Charles Bidwell, who was a a bootlegger, he was a gambler. He ran a racetrack. And he was also, according to the legend, uh, connected to Al Capone, the legendary Chicago mobster. He helped Bidwell finance the Bears originally. That was George Hallis's uh, club in the early days in the NFL. And then he eventually got the Chicago Cardinals. And the Bidwell family still has their fingers all over the NFL, generations down the line. And, and then you got, like, Tim Mara, the guy that originally was the, with the Giants in the 1920s, uh, and, and his family's still involved in that. Uh, he was a bookie. Art Rooney, the guy that founded the Pittsburgh Steelers, took over the Steelers there. He was a well-known gambler. Uh, so you got him in, in, on there as well. I mean, going on and on. The guy that owned the Cleveland Browns back in the old days, uh, he was apparently very involved in a crime syndicate and he was the one that set up the bookmaking service for the, the, the game because there was no internet in those days. So he was the guy that would set the lines and send it out to all the mob guys. So they went anywhere. He owned an NFL team. So, so now we've gone full circle and, well, I guess we've done a 180, not full circle. Because full circle, we'd be back with the, the bootleggers and the mob guys running the NFL. And some say that's going on. Some say that's going on. But here's the deal. All right, this was never the intention. We, we've gotten to a point now where it's, it's completely gotten out of control. Now, the second thing, the NFL needs to streamline 
It's rule book. For example, you should not need to have a powwow to decide what a catch is. That's just the tip of the spear, if you will, here, because we've talked a lot about the minutia, the fine print. It takes away from watching the game. It does. Like, I, I get that for me and chatter here, what I do, yapping about sports on the radio, it's better for us. Like, there's controversy. I tend to think we'd get controversy anyway. We'd get different controversy. We'd get more game-related controversy. We'd get more chances to rip coaches, more poor decisions by players instead of focusing in on the referees. That's just, you know, is it nitpicking? Yeah, there's a lot of nitpicking going on by the officials. So enough, enough, I say. Now, we can find other things to debate. Again, we, we can go and dissect a bunch of things. Richard Sherman also pointed out that the, the bad offenses get away with uh, he said egregious penalties to move the ball down the field because he said the NFL designs the rules that way. That's you know, it's called. I think cherry picking is what that's called. I think uh, that that I believe that's certain things get called at certain times that don't get called at other points in the game. I think that's the way it is. All right, the last word here. Even though this is a mitigating factor, the, the thick rule book here, uh, and again, it's not the only reason for boring football. The NFL has slowly, year by year, they, the rules committee gets together. These guys go in there, and they have to add, add, add. It's kind of like the the rules and the, you know, the laws in different states. Do they ever take laws off the book? It seems like once something gets put into law, it's there forever. Very rarely. I mean, there's websites dedicated to, like, outdated laws. Like, in certain states, it's illegal to have a camel and walk down the street with a camel. Or you can only have three chickens, but you can't have three chickens on a Sunday. And, it's like, and these things just go on and on forever and ever. All right, it's the Ben Maller Show. The Ben Maller Show as we yap the night away here on Fox Sports Radio. And Edmund Dallas Steamboat Willie. Garcia. It's kind of, this Richard Sherman thing is kind of like our manual here at Fox Sports Radio. They keep adding new rules and regulations that we have to follow. It's very confusing. Very confusing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I don't know where that manual is right now. I got one. Smokey Gifford in the early oh days God. of Fox Sports Radio came up with the original manual. He I'm, was the I'm sure it's in a drawer around here somewhere. <laughs> I have it somewhere. Yeah, I have it at home. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Dust. It was very, uh, you were very excited about that. It was, it was kind of a little small three-ring binder kind of a thing. Remember right? all the profanity little, that was directed little, at him? What little, a schmuck. Anime, what like, a corporate uh, shill. Like little yeah. cartoons in yeah, there. Yeah, they ripped him. Yeah. They didn't, uh, people did not like that. They did not like that at all. Do you see this Roger Goodell story? I'm trying to figure out what to make of it. Now, the story, it's being reported tonight. We've learned that the, uh, a group of NFL players has submitted a 10-page manifesto to Roger Goodell, pretty much uh, demanding, they use the word asking here, but it seems like a demand, like a shakedown, uh, for support. They want Roger Goodell to endorse all of the activism that's going on that is turning people off to the NFL. Uh, they want that. Now, Roger Goodell, we'll talk more about this later, he's apparently getting a contract extension, but he has been asked to, uh, to join the cause here. Now, if you're the commissioner of the NFL 
And uh, this is a polarizing issue. You got uh, Michael Bennett doing uh, signs during games. You know, the fist thing during games. That's upset a lot of people. You've got uh, the Kaepernick fallout, this disease which has spread to eight-year-olds in uh, certain places playing youth football. If you're Roger Goodell, what do you do? I think that he's so spineless that he's going to bow down because he wants to, he wants to uh, he doesn't want to make any waves. So like the safe thing to do is like okay, I'm going to sign off on this. Ah, whatever you want me to do. But this it was a 10-page memo and it was sent we just found out about it. It was supposed to be in in August it was sent out and it asked the NFL to participate in these uh, social activism uh, movements. This initiative do they want Roger Goodell to kneel during the national anthem? What do they want here? What are they getting at? They want PSAs, it says yeah. here, and some. Uh, well, they want it to finance. be. They want money. They want it to be like you know we have the month of uh, uh, you know the breast cancer awareness month, yes. and then we have the month for you know uh, what, a, what other month? <laughs> What's do we this have? month going to be? Uh, you know, I don't know. Play sixty or what, something what like that. that. Like what kids get out and play. Uh, there's a some military one, yeah. right? Uh, is it everyone kneel month in the NFL? Everyone well, take they, a knee. I mean, they fr- take a they, knee, they, Eddie. You didn't take a knee, Eddie. It, Bad job by you. They phrase it uh, a month of unity for individual teams <laughs> to engage and impact the communities in their market. Yeah, yeah, okay, that'll go over well. Yes. Well, do you is, think uh, Roger Goodell would say, "All right, we'll endorse this if you guys agree to a rule that everyone will stand for the national uh, I, anthem"? Uh, I, he has shown Roger Goodell's comments. See, this is this is one of those things. Mo, the majority, it would seem, of people that watch the NFL are very upset with this. The feedback that we're getting here, and Goodell's in a tough spot, right? He's in a tough spot, and he's not handling it very well. It doesn't seem what? like he's handling for, but <laughs> it doesn't a minute, matter. Wait a minute. You're just, saying Roger Goodell isn't yeah. handling something well? Yeah, exactly. He'll get well, a, that's very just give him another, him. give him an extra year on his contract. That's what they get. Every time he makes a misstep, he gets an extra ex- year of extension on his contract. So, what is he getting? Thirty-one million a year? Uh, that's I saw. It's over thirty, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's getting. Uh, he's earning every penny of that money. Yeah, that's a very difficult job, uh, unless it's, unless it's not, unless he just happened to uh, end up in a pretty good spot, pretty good spot. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at two a.m. Eastern, eleven p.m. Pacific. On Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The news of the day. We were able to correctly predict that Roger Goodell would get that contract extension. This has been going around for a good amount of time now, this particular story. And it continues to be reported by those that are in the tank with the NFL that the deal is getting done. That They're putting the finishing touches on a contract extension between Roger Goodell and the National Football League, the terminology getting papered right now, which uh, that's an interesting way of of phrasing it, right? Getting papered right now, but that's uh, the way they phrase it. So let's talk about this. Now, Roger Goodell has been around the NFL his entire life. Goodell is a lifer. This is a guy that has lived the National Football. He's in his late 50s now, and he is – you could say worked his way up. It's one way to look at it. But in his professional career, right, he has gone from a toady intern to the commissioner. He interned for Pete Rozelle 
in the early 80s, and he would not leave. He would not go anywhere else. He just stuck around. I'm not a football expert. And eventually, you know, you stay anywhere long enough, you either figure it out or you pretend you figure it out, fake it till you make it, and then you end up the commissioner of the National Football League. Think about it. He was an intern. 1982, this guy walked in as an intern, and now he, he's a commissioner. Not a good one. Not a good one, but he's the commissioner, and he's been the commissioner of the NFL. Uh, he assumed office. I love how they have It's like presidential politics. He, he assumed office uh, in, in 06 for Paul Tagliabubu. And who knew that Paul Tagliabubu, in retrospect, uh, people, not so bad. Uh, not so bad. So uh, here's the question. The core question on Roger Goodell's contract extension, what does this deal between the NFL owners and Roger Goodell what does this contract signify? I have a couple thoughts on that. Uh, it is confirmation. It is vindication, hot air, and also, and this is most important, unnecessary. Unnecessary. Now, we'll lead off with the fact that Roger Goodell has been playing the role of what? The pinata, the punching bag. That is his job. Right? Highly paid pinata. Yeah, everyone gets a swing. Here's a bat for you. Here's a swing for you. Here's a swing for you. Everyone gets to unload on Roger Goodell. And even though he has completely botched several high-profile player discipline cases, the fact that the NFL owners are in the process, or as they like to say elsewhere, process, of getting this deal ratified, it tells us that that is a vote of confidence. That's a vote of confidence that, that all of this behind-the-scenes wrangling that we've been ta- told that has been gone on, is, it's fake news. It's fake news because the majority of the NFL owners like him. They like him enough to give him a, a contract extension. That is a vote of confidence. And it's also both confirmation that the owners believe in him and it's vindication that all of the many things that had been said by sources close to the commissioner's office or this owner or that owner, all over God's green earth, eh, bogus. You know, all these things about, ah, we're fed up with the commissioner. Even on this, the 11th hour before the deal gets done between Goodell and the NFL, there's still stories being planted about Jerry Jones. Jerry's always about the PR, man. My man Jerry Jones is all about that PR, boss. He's, he's got it out there. He's, you know, he tried to block it. He tried to put a, a wrench in the plans to stop Roger Goodell from becoming the commissioner. Bob, you know who looks bad? Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft. We said this the other day. Bob Kraft looks pretty bad because he is he's along for the ride. He is he's good for this. He's just kind of going along. Now the second part of this is the fact that Goodell has the greatest job in on the business side of sports. What is a better job than Roger Goodell? I can't think of one off the top of my head. Maybe you can, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. The NFL, true or false, is a money-making machine. Now, this doesn't guarantee that it's going to always be this way, but right now, in the year 2017, as I talk to you, you're there, I'm here. True or false, money-making machine. That's right. That is correct. That is absolutely true. And, and, and you don't have real power as the commissioner. What I mean by that is any major changes any kind of tweaking of the nfl who does that the owners do that right 
the, the owners get together. They have four times a year. They have owner meetings, and they vote on any major changes coming to the NFL. Even the mundane stuff that doesn't matter, the rules and things like that in the big picture, and then franchise relocation. Roger Goodell didn't decide that the Rams and Chargers should relocate to Los Angeles. The owners voted on it. So he's not the one that makes that call. And if you look at his main job, the main part of his job, he is the despot of discipline. And he's screwed that up. He's botched it. Right? He keeps getting it wrong. You go through the the bounty uh, the bounty scandal the the different things that have taken place the deflated football thing uh, the uh, the, play, now the NFL's getting peppered with lawsuits right now but just look at the here and now you got Ezekiel Elliott completely screwed up by Roger Goodell and the people under Roger Goodell uh, that investigation the Tom Brady thing last year was uh, last couple years was insanity. Absolutely insanity. I would argue the the Jonathan Martin, Richie Incognito scandal in Miami uh, was completely blown out of proportion, completely blown out of proportion, Uh, and yet he continues, despite the mistakes, he keeps getting rewarded, and he gets more money, and they make it rain. The owners make it rain for Roger Goodell. This is the Peter Principle in play. This is the Peter Principle. Roger Goodell started as an intern. He worked his way up the company. He's reached his highest level of incompetence, which happens to be the commissioner, and he's going to stay there. And he's been there since 06. He's got another extension here, and it just goes on and on and on. And, and we're hearing that Goodell's new contract pays him in the neighborhood of $30 million per year. It's a good neighborhood, right? We always point out good schools, low crime. Uh, it's you know, good store shopping, safe, the whole thing. You don't have to lock your door. It's a really nice neighborhood, $30 million. Good for him, right? It's wonderful. This is it, it, The definition, though, of corporate waste would be this. Is it not? And I'm, I'm fine. I want to be overpaid. My goal is always never to rip people that are overpaid because I would like to be overpaid. My goal is to be one of these people that you know, shows up. There's a lot of guys on radio that show up a minute before the show, have no idea what to talk about. I want to be like that. And you get paid a lot of money. I want to be like those guys. My goal is to be like those guys. Not quite there yet. But I promise you, I will make a Ben Maller show declaration right now. And yes, get close to the radio. I'm making a declaration right now. I'm going to make this promise to you. If you gave me a reality TV show, I could get a senior member of the Maller militia to do Roger Goodell's job for $100,000 a year. Actually, less than $100,000 a year. But how about, since you know, the NFL's flush with money, I'll take you know, more than that. How about $10 million? You know, save you $20 million right off the top. Here's my plan, right? This, I'm going to pitch this to some studios in town in L.A. here. Here's the plan, okay? I'm going to go out. I'm going to recruit Weed Man Hippie. He's been begging me for a job for how many months has Weed Man Hippie been begging me for a job? Or even better, how about Helmet Man? I'm going to get these two guys... And I'm going to have a contest. I'm going to get Weed Man Hippie. I'm going to get Helmet Man in here. I'm going to give them a makeover. I'm going to buy them you know, $2,000 suit. I'll rent them a home in the Hamptons. I'll have an apartment in Manhattan. I'll get them a vacation home in Maine. I'll get all that. And then I'll, I'll let them be the commissioner. And they'll do nothing, and nothing will change. What you think about the Wizards? Yeah, that, well, that'll change a little bit. Those news conferences will be much more entertaining. 
I only want to talk about the Ravens. Man, I love you. <laughs> Mr. Commissioner, what do you think about the attendance of the L.A. Chargers? Can we talk about the Ravens? That's, that's his response to everything. Right? That'll be his, his comeback. So. <laughs> what do you think about the Wizards? No, no, no. We're, no we're, it's your commissioner of the NFL, Helmet Man. You got to keep it on the up and up, buddy. It's a bad job by you. <laughs> I read that Goodell's total money that he's made from the NFL as commissioner by the time we get to 2020 through the end of 2020 will be in the neighborhood or in the ballpark of $350 million that he will have made as the commissioner of the NFL. That is it's mind-blowing. Good for him, right? That's a ton of dough. $350 million. So the last thing, uh, the, the, the doubling down of Roger Goodell is – the word here is unnecessary. I am 100% confident if my reality show takes off with Helmet Man and Weed Man Hippie, I'm confident that the NFL could remove Roger Goodell, put one of my guys in there, one of the senior guys on the Mallard Militia, one of the regular knuckleheads that calls this show, and the walls would not cave in, right? They wouldn't have to put the NFL league office for sale there and you know for real estate purposes and make some money. In fact... I would also point out that the NFL would be just as good as it is now, just as profitable as it is now, if not even better, right? I mean, you could bring in uh, you know, someone else. Weedman would have great ideas. He'd have a bong in every locker. I think that would be fine. I think that would be wonderful. It's the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. We thank you for listening. We know you have a bunch of things trying to grab your attention, and I'm glad that we were able to – Hold on to your attention for a little bit and check out the podcast as well, which is available on iTunes and everywhere else you can get good podcasts, even bad podcasts. You can hear the rebroadcast, the repackaging of this show. A couple guys were excited to hear the potty mouth of Angry Bill from yesterday's show. It's a regular occurrence. It's a tradition. Uh, a good radio shows would ban Angry Bill because we've had to dump him every time he's called, but we just keep him on. We get a kick out of him, and we figure, hey, we're, hey, I'm the captain of the safe harbor. You know, I'm Captain Maller, and we're the good ship, Fox Sports Radio, the overnight show. We're in the safe harbor. Eddie, I'm reminded of that. Edmund Dallas, Steamboat Willie Garcia. I'm reminded of the safe harbor when I get my corporate training from iHeartMedia every few oh, years. Oh, we all are, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I have graduated. I used to graduate. I graduated from Clear Channel University and I think it's iHeart, was it college or something? I don't forget what they called it, but yeah, I graduated. Uh, very prestigious, yes. You know, it's ironic you bring up Angry Bill um, because coming up at the bottom of the hour, yes, we've got a story. Are you teasing that, ahead to the bottom of the hour? Yeah. That's we exciting. We've got a story that does involve Angry Bill, and I'm going to say he oh. will be calling in later, okay. and uh, we may have to dump him again. Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this, and yeah, I th- yeah once he hears about this, oh, he will he will be screaming. That was the origin. I know. Yeah, That's so why we, I bring it yeah, up. Okay. All right. What about a nine year old? That's girl? exactly right. Hey, he's been waiting for this. He said, "I I warned you two years ago, you jackass. How dare you?" Do you see that story on Sam Bradford? I know I'm pivoting away from what you wanted to talk about. That's okay. We'll go back to it. But, no, I didn't. I, I know that he was limited in practice yeah. uh, today. Uh, I'm going to pull out the Maller scale of panic. When I saw this, and if it's true what I heard, panic time. Panic. Now, Bradford's not that good. So, in the big picture, I'm not. Like, if you think the Vikings can't do anything without Sam Bradford, then you panic. But Bradford, we know he hurt his knee, right? We know he hurt his knee, and uh, he's saying all these great things about how he feels better and – 
Uh, he's, he thinks that he's doing pretty good. He's still day-to-day. But the story out of the Twin Cities is that Bradford did not hurt his knee being hit. It was a non-contact injury. I'm not surprised by that, actually. That's bad, though, Eddie. That's really bad. That's like doomsday stuff. I mean, he's had a history. If it's the same, that he's was, had that two was, yeah. surgeries on his left knee. I know knee that's already. the reputation, right? That's his reputation. The fact that he was able to play as much as he was last year was mind blowing. He said ACL operations uh, in in thirteen and fourteen back to back. Your same knee, the same and he heard it in college as well. Yeah. So, I, I'd be very surprised if he plays against the Buccaneers. But that's not bad news. The Vikings can beat the Bucs without Bradford. They can that, win that. that game in Minnesota. Yeah, the okay. game's in Minnesota, and you know who can become. And I'm going I'm to use this on Benny versus the Penny tomorrow. And the people listening now, Eddie, will not remember this. So when I say this tomorrow, this will be a stunning statistic that will blow your mind. Case Keenum has a chance to become the first quarterback to beat Jameis Winston three times. He's already beat him the last two years while playing for the Rams. Wow. Case Keenum. And he, the Rams. He owns Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's his guy. Jameis Winston, when he goes to bed at night, he has nightmares <laughs> about Case Keenum. He's the only one yeah. ever that has nightmares about Case Keenum. Famous Jameis Winston. That's it. That's the list. It's one. It's just it's ridiculous. All right, you're listening to the Ben Maller Show as we yap the night away here. And uh, the war on mascots. I have a bit of an obsession. I don't know if I've talked about this with you, but I have a, a thing for mascots. One of my really good friends also loves mascots. Yeah, I like taking photos with mascots. I like breaking down who the better mascot is. My friend Chuck the Condor, for example, who skyrocketed up just behind the Philly Fanatic. No, he's, he's really right. In the pantheon of mascots. Run! Close personal friend Chuck. I was at his birthday party last year. We had a great time. He gave me a little bobble. Not a bobble. It was like a little stuffed animal Chuck the Condor that I got, which you sleep I thought was with pretty it cool. Night. Yeah, or in the daytime. It's my home. Like, yeah. It's in the Wienermobile that I have that I got. Remember Excuse the, me? Remember the Wienermobile I got? A couple years ago, they sent me a Wienermobile. Is that what you call it? Well, that's what it is. It's the uh, the Wienermobile. Oh, you've seen that. It, didn't you? You were at my house last Show year. Show me your Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Play, play fun. Have fun with Ben. Yeah, that's what it is. I put Chuck the Condor in the Wienermobile, and he's in there sitting in his perch. And he's, Who's going to eat the little Ben there? He's guarding the Maller Mansion. I like the extended Wiener. Have fun. Hey, all your little buddies. Let's say if it's big enough, I'm not going to enjoy it very much. I've hung out with the the uh, the Phoenix Gorilla. I've done that. Uh, I've had uh, Billy the Marlin. I've done some stuff uh, hanging out with him. Uh, Philly Fanatic did not get any FaceTime with the Philly Fanatic. I did run into Wally the Green Monster one time. I was at Fenway. Uh, it was uh, last year. It was kind of cool. Now, do the Dodgers still have those mascots that they, they are, claim are not mascots? Yeah, they're, they're performance art characters or something like performance characters. They, they, they want to use the, the mascot word, the M word. Yeah, they still have them. Yeah, they're still out there. I've hung with those guys. They're not as cool, though. You know, gotta... Well, a mascot can't be like a little person, right? Those are like people well, mascots. I, well, I they're know. not people. They're, they look like regular people. Yeah. But they, they have yeah, giant they, foam heads. Yeah. It's, it's I'm not a fan. Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weeknights at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. It's Maller. How about that? To the third degree. This is when Big Ben gets grilled. And third degree time for the final time this week. We've got Benny versus the Penny in this slot tomorrow. Every NFL game will analyze, break it down, throw it up, the whole thing. And we'll do that 
tomorrow. But today it's Mallard of the third degree and the Coupe de Loup. In this past week, we've heard a lot about how hard it is for teams that have gone 0-2 to make the playoffs. Only 12% since 1990 have been able to do so. However, this season we are looking at nine teams that have started 0-2. Ben, of those nine teams, which do you think is uh, most likely to make the postseason? Well, the easy answer is none of them. Uh, I guess the other easy answer would be the Giants because they used to be good. Last season they had a a good football team. But I'm going to go outside the box here. I'm not going to go with the New York Giants. I am going to go off the grid here. Now, I'm not going crazy off the grid with the Cleveland Browns or the 49ers or someone like that. I am going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. That is my pick. Of the 0-2 teams, Indianapolis has the most realistic path to get to a playoff spot. And I'll tell you why. A, location, location, location. That's what matters here. That's what matters. The AFC South is a sorry wasteland of a division. There's no juggernaut team to get past. You're looking at an eight- or a nine-win season getting you in position to contend for a division championship. And I'm going to assume the position that the Colts are going to be able to beat the Browns this weekend. So you do that. They'll lose to Seattle after that. But then you've got games coming up with the 49ers, Jacksonville, the Bengals, all games you can win with or without Andrew Luck, right? Look at the other teams in the division. you got Deshaun Watson, who looks very shaky for Houston. Blake Bortles, need I say more, in Jacksonville. Uh, So, you know, the Titans are an up-and-down team. For this Colts pick to work, and it's the right pick, Andrew Luck has to come back and play well. And I am not a confidant and a believer of Andrew Luck, but he has put up some regular season numbers. He should be able to play well enough assuming he comes back in week five, which I think is the rumor now is week five against the 49ers at home. But Andrew Luck comes back, puts up some numbers. The Colts win against Cleveland. They beat the 49ers. Uh, that's a team that can get to eight or nine wins. That's all you have to do. The Giants are going to have to win more than that to get a division title in the NFC, and they're also going to have to win more than that, likely to get a wild card in the NFC. All right, next. Ben, the CFL announced that they have made the decision to end contact practices during the season. Oh, that's good. See, they're taking my advice, Coop. That's why <laughs> I want baseball to get rid of fans at stadiums so they can get hurt. I'm glad the CFL is going to get rid of contact. We don't want players to get hurt. Well, well, uh, unbelievably, or, or maybe not, in response, the NFL has said that they will be, quote, monitoring what's happening over in Canada, but they don't expect an imminent change. Yeah. Now, it seems ridiculous to think, uh, but in this day of – heightened sensitivity to player safety. Do you think that there's any chance that the NFL will eventually have contactless practices? Well, of course. Look at the world we live in, Coop. I mean, look around here. Look at the bizarre nonsense that's going on every day here. The the crazies are running the uh, the entire operation. Everyone's upset about everything. They're demanding change. I say follow the money. Eventually what's going to happen here is litigation, a litigation situation is going to take over. The lawsuits are going to pile up, and the NFL is going to be an adult flag football league. The CFL plan is going to work its way into American football. Now, it's not going to start in the NFL. It's going to start at the lower levels of football, and then it'll work its way up, and eventually they'll get to college football, and then they'll they'll push it forward. A couple of things here. Number one, uh, that's where we're headed, right? That's where the, the, uh, the battle against football is legitimate. The Mr. Softy crowd is winning. 
you know, you guys get all upset when I said, why, why put up nets? You guys are part of the Mr. Softy crowd. You, you, you want to put uh, everyone in bubble wrap, no contact in football. Let's put nets up everywhere. It's just insanity. It's absolute insanity. Number two, the erosion of football. That's legit. The NFL teams in general, uh, the, the rule is right now 14 contact practices per season. It's mostly guys working out against air. How are you supposed to get better at your job if you're not allowed to practice under close to game conditions? It seems silly. It seems like a waste of time. Why even practice? Why not, pra- why not just not practice? It's kind of like having a Picasso, uh, bring, hiring Picasso and then not giving him a brush or bringing in Mozart and saying, you know what, I'm going to hire Mozart, but I'm not going to give him a piano. What's the point? Either have football or get rid of football, but you can't go halfway. And everyone wants to go halfway right now. All right, next. The Stars were out in full force this weekend as we had the 69th Annual Emmy Awards. Now, Demi Lovato threw a house party, and it's being reported that she was apparently too embarrassed to tell Snoop Dogg to stop smoking weed at her party. Ben, would you tell me to stop smoking weed at your party? Yeah, well, first of all, Coop, uh, you know my position on this. I I don't have to worry about this because you're never coming to my home. Uh, The Maller Mansion is geographically undesirable. Uh, you're not going to spend six hours in the car to visit the ugly sweater party. That is not going to happen. So that, forget about that. And then secondly, if Bizarro World took place and you got like a helicopter or a, like a private flight and you made your way to the Maller Mansion for one of these parties, right? And, and, absolutely. I would allow you to smoke the ganja coop. I would allow you to do that. But here's the deal. You know, it's legal in California. I know you've got a medical condition, and so you need that. Uh I would just ask you to go outside. I don't need my house smelling like skunk. So I would tell you there's a backyard. You can go in the backyard. You, I'm sure there's other guys at the party that smoke weed. You can go back there, knock yourself out, smoke weed the entire night. Okay? Yes. You'd have your chauffeur and your helicopter pilot, the whole thing, right? And, and you know, Danny, you were at my party last year. You, you know there's like LSD, meth, crack, everything. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a wild party scene when I throw a party. Every party drug imaginable is there. It was I the, spare no expense. It was the who's who's of <laughs> party drugs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Some uh, apple cider was uh, spilled. It was crazy. All right. There it is. Maller to the third degree. How did we do? I don't know how I could fail you after yeah, that. That's uh, you, you pass this. Idiot. That's a winner. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. It's now time for time for. Well, hurry, hurry! I can hardly wait. Ask Ben. Twitter. Send us your questions on Twitter now. All right, here we go. It's sometimes embarrassing, annoying, and bewildering. Other times, it's entertaining. You could be baffled by what you're about to hear. It is Ask Ben, and we bring in the Coupe de Loop, the master of ceremonies. All right, Ben, we're going to start off with a question for you. Okay. This is from Tequila Man on Twitter. Hello, Tequila Man. Ben, has it taken long to get used to your glasses? No, I had worn reading glasses for a while, uh, and I actually I forgot them. I, uh, I went out driving in the afternoon. I had to run an errand, and I forgot to bring my glasses for some reason. I don't leave them on all the time. And I realized, boy, I really need them. Stuff I couldn't, like, see stuff. I was like, yeah. Uh, but, no, I, it, it's been okay. It's been okay. It actually has helped. I can actually see things I, I didn't realize. I didn't think my vision was that bad, but apparently I was incorrect. All right, next. All right, this is another question for you. This oh, is back-to-back back and belly-to-belly. 
Yes, this is uh, from from Petros on Facebook. Oh, the P. Love yes. his show on in L.A. Big radio star. Uh, it actually says question for Ben and Eddie. Oh, good. Okay. What was the most important lesson slash tip that you learned in broadcasting school? Oh, in, in broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro- broadcasting school. Oh, I have uh, fun memories of broadcasting school. <laughs> My God! Well, I think the most is that the uh, to to never drop the f bomb when the mic is open. They never never curse. The mic is always open, right, Eddie? The mic That's is always exactly open. That's exactly right. When yeah. in doubt, leave it out. Of course, we've all made that mistake at one point or another. I never have done that. Uh, I have. You've never cursed into a microphone. Of course, you have. You've said you have. Anything else that you remember from broadcasting school? I remember that there were hot chicks in broadcasting school. They all wanted to be <laughs> sideline reporters, and I don't think any of them made it, but they all wanted to be. They were, they were convinced they were going to be the next big sideline reporter or whatever else, that, or news anchor. or like That was the thing. Back in, I don't know what's going on now. You think the hot chicks are still in broadcasting classes? You think that's going on? Probably not. They probably moved on to something. Mm, I else. don't know. What else would they be doing? Right? I mean, what I else seems know. like something that would be easy? What's an easy... be on camera? That's tough. I think they're still uh, maybe doing the broadcasting yeah. thing. All right, next it's Ask not radio ben. broadcasting. No, 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 no. It's podcasting now. They moved on to podcasting. All right, next. All right, this question is for everybody. This is from Jose Perez on Facebook. Oh, the great Jose Perez, big fan. Hello, Jose. Yes. What is the first jersey that you ever bought or received as a gift? Oh, this is easy. Okay. Uh, when you are a fat kid of my age. <laughs> okay, you know where I'm going with this, Eddie, right? You know where I'm going. When you're a fat kid, you want to look up to other fat people as your role model. So I'm of the age where the first jersey I remember having was William the Refrigerator oh, wow. Perry. I'd love to see a picture yeah, of you I in had, that jersey. I rocked, <laughs> and I wasn't even like a Bears fan. But I loved, I had a number 72 Chicago Bears dark jersey that I sported regularly. I loved the fact that the fridge was like a pop culture icon as a kid. It was, a, oh, it was wonderful. Duh, Bears. What about you, Eddie? I remember this very well. I was in college, and I had a, enough money to actually buy a jersey. And of course, there was no internet then. You had to, like, send away for it. And it was a number 95 Greg Lloyd of the Steelers. But here's the, here's the cool part of the memorable part. They called me up, and they said that the jersey was going to be, like, on back order, and so I wouldn't get it until, like, five months. Oh, that sucks. And the season was about to start, and I wanted it for the season. So I said, well, just cancel the order. Like, three months later, the jersey showed up. They had refunded my money. And so I got it for free. That brings up an ethical question, Eddie. <laughs> you, you kept it. Well, yeah, that was like, their mistake. Oh, I, that's, uh, hey, that happens sometimes. You order stuff on Amazon, and then like you have to return it. They'll, sometimes they'll say, if it's cheap enough, just keep it. Danny? Big Ben, when I was a little kid, my mom bought me a jersey of one of the best running backs of all time. Oh, I know. Marcus yeah, Allen. Yep, yeah, number 32. Yeah. And I wore that thing out as a little kid. Al Davis also had and, one. And you wear never wear jerseys yeah. anymore, though, Dan. No. That no. was just as a kid. Nah, he's grown out of that. Just <laughs> but, <laughs> button up shirts now. Yeah. That's for the radio. We're corporate here. <laughs> the corporate operation. We're, this is mainstream media, unless it's not. Uh, what about you, Koopa? Let me guess. You had. Number seven? Oh, no. I'm going to say TD. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he's still got the Elway thing. But Do you have a Terrell as a little kid? Maybe Lakers, though. Maybe Magic? Maybe. Terrell. No, Danny's right. My first jersey ah, was a Terrell Davis ah, Terrell jersey. Davis. Get, gift right. from my mom on Christmas. Look at that. Under the tree. Little Coop opening it up. <laughs> Big smile on his face there. Yes, <laughs> Terrell Davis. <laughs> <laughs> then he got a migraine when he put it on. All right, uh, there we'll have more of Aspen. We'll pause for the cause here and have the continuation. 
It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. What will we be asked? What will we be asked next? We'll find out, and we'll do it straight ahead. There's a world of excitement going on around our show Reddit page. Search for our subreddit, Ben Maller Show, and get the latest authentic listener-generated content about the Maller Militia. Now live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, it's Ben Maller. All right, right back to Ask Ben we go. Your questions, our answers for the rest of the hour, as Larry King would say. And back to the Coop the Loop. He's in a good mood, but we'll tell you why later why he's in a good mood. I want to do it now. Go ahead, Coop. What do we got? All right, this is from Rob in Vegas. This is for everybody on the Hi, crew. Rob. Uh, I love Vegas. I got to get back there soon. It may end up just being for, for you and me, Ben. Okay. But uh, in honor of Bobby the Brain Heenan, yeah. Rob wants to know. He, he asked for the top three, but we'll just leave it to the, you know your, your favorite wrestling manager aside from Bobby the Brain. So my favorite all-time wrestling manager, now Bobby, we, we agree, we begin with the, the fact that Bobby the Brain Heenan is the gold standard. Do we agree on that? Can we start from that premise? I mean, you can. Well, you know, he is the greatest of them all time. I mean, there's no one in my experience that comes close. Uh, but if I, if I had to go back and say who was the, the other top, the top, I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. I, I'm, I'm going, like Miss Elizabeth, right? She was the manager when I was, you know, yeah, you don't even know who that is, though, right? Do you yeah, even know who? Randy Savage is. Uh, Mr. Fuji's iconic, but that was more because of the, the whole uh, costume thing and the whole. Who was the little skinny guy with the glasses, uh, the sunglasses? He was like uh, well, remember Jimmy Hart or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the mouth yeah, of the yeah. south. Yeah, the mouth of the Remember Captain Lou also? Yeah, remember him? Lou Albano. Uh, I, I'll go, you know, I'm going to go Jimmy Hart and Miss Elizabeth. What do you got, Coop? All right, Eddie, you want to go next? You want uh, I don't know, Paul Bearer. <laughs> Paul Bearer. That, that was that was that was going to be my answer. Really? I mean, because Paul Bearer was my my generation. Yeah, not my generation. Um, and then I like I caught the tail end of of Jimmy Hart. He was great though. You know, the megaphone. Yeah. Well, Paul yeah, Paul Bearer was good, but I I wasn't as into it when he was doing his thing. Danny G, anybody else? Uh, uh, I was thinking of the Heartbreak Kids manager too. What, what Sherry? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> old school. Yeah, sensational Sherry. She was a good one. There you go. All right, let's keep it going. Let's ask Ben your questions, our answers. You remember Slick? You remember that guy Slick, by the way? No, I don't. The first African-American manager in the WWE. Nice. That? Yeah. All right, next. I do remember him now, Ben. I do remember now that you spring that Kind of dressed like a limo driver. That's not offensive <laughs> at all. All right. <laughs> he did. He did. He just like a limo driver. All right, next. Racist. I, was, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't no, come I know, up with it. I know, not you. Though. All right. Uh, this is a question for you, Ben. It's from yes. uh, Will PG on Twitter. Hello, Will. How do you celebrate Rosh Hashanah? Uh, by working, by doing radio. That's, uh, that's what I do. Uh, and I'll uh, crack open some grape juice. To celebrate, <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have a big Crack bottle. Crack it of, open, uh, big, uh, big uh, bottle of grape juice. Yes, Happy New Year. Yes. All right, next. All right, I can't, uh, I can't find who asked this question, so I apologize right. to the asker. But I remember reading it. He wanted to know uh, if we could be a tree. What kind of tree would we be? Oh, that's great. What kind of tree would it be? Uh, I'm trying to think. When I grew up in the the OC, I was surrounded by orange trees. I would not be an orange tree though. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the tree. We had these massive trees right in front of my house when I grew up, and I forget, I forget the name of the tree. I go to Eddie, and then I'll think of the name of the tree. Go uh, ahead. Easy palm tree on the beach. Come on. Eh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Nah. 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 Don't you want to be a big, giant, powerful tree? Yes. Yeah. The biggest. Tree, I want to like be on the beach. Palm tree. Eh. I want to be in the forest. Forest sucks. Maybe it wasn't sequoia in front of my house, but I forget. I forget the damn name. I gotta. Yeah. 
I, I'm bad with my tree names. A Danny? I'd say a walnut tree. A <laughs> walnut tree? Yeah. <laughs> have something on me everyone wants. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I don't care for walnuts. Lame jokes are tomorrow, Danny. Uh, I, Coop. I would be an oak tree because oak trees are solid. St- yeah, they're solid, powerful, and I believe there's a law. You can't cut them down, right? Really? Is that, like, you can't kill chickens in Kauai? Like the wild chickens is the same thing? Yeah. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.